careful, conditional, but let it pass. As an act of penance, say a decade of the rosary and a prayer for my own spiritual well-being. Now make an act of contrition. The rituals of religion, a vocabulary understood only by the initiate. She recited some little formula of self-accusation and pious resolution, and in return he gave her absolution. Then she whispered thanks and left the confines of the box, let slip that curious, transient intimacy that the confessional creates drifted out of the claustrophobic shadows and into the world. He turned to his right and slid the other shutter back to reveal another presence, another shadow, another complex of sin and doubt and anguish. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. At six o'clock in the evening he slid both shutters closed and, as a surgeon might peel off his surgical gloves, removed the stole from around his neck. Confessor, surgeon. There was a similar intimacy, the one spiritual, the other physical, and a similar anonymity. The one pokes among the bowels of the patient, the other among the innermost secrets, and both do it all in a spirit of resignation and emotional indifference. Leaving the confessional box, he walked out into the crossing of the transepts, beneath the awful vacant dome, beneath the substandard mosaics, beneath that great volume of space that Michelangelo Buonarroti subsumed into the building in a manner that amounts to grand larceny. Could pure space evoke a sense of the numinous? People shifted around on the pavement like grains of sand drifting back and forth across the floor of a tidal pool. Tourists and pilgrims, and those, the majority perhaps, that lay somewhere in between. Candles flickered around the balustrade where you stand and look down into the sunken space where the tomb of the apostle lies. People crowded around like onlookers at the scene of an accident to see if it was really true. Someone even asked him about it, and of course he assured her that it was, that it really was possible that the apostle himself was buried there. Only possible, father, she retorted. What kind of faith is that? And indeed, what kind of faith was it? A poor, dried-out thing, a construct put together of habit and defiance and anxiety. The material fact is not important, he told her, and presumably lies in the realm of archaeology, not theology. The spiritual reality is that you are as close to God in your own sitting room as in the basilica, but the basilica has worth if it strengthens your faith. And then the woman, grey-haired, an accent that he took to be German, a worn and defeated face, said a curious thing. Does it strengthen your faith, Father? It was raining outside. Lights glittered in the wet basalt slabs of the piazza, and a Christmas tree daubed the space with a smear of northern paganism. The orange glow of the city lit up the clouds like the backwash from a great conflagration. He hurried through the rain to his rooms and showered and changed for a reception which was to be held that evening in one of the innumerable palazzi of the city the closing reception of a congress that had been going on throughout the past week. The reception was a dull affair, a milling of black and grey and navy blue beneath the cavorting nymphs and goddesses of a late mannerist ceiling. Pink breasts and flaccid penises flopped around above the heads of the earnest clerics. There was the occasional splash of colour from a bishop or a lady diplomat doing the duty rounds, or the wife of an Anglican priest and the boyfriend of another, but the predominant theme was Roman, clerical, introverted, and self-satisfied. 
This is Mandalay Dewar, someone said to him, and he found himself shaking hands with one of the few women in the place. She surprised him by recognizing his name. Didn't I read something by you in the Times? Something about scrolls from the Dead Sea? He looked at her distractedly, awkward in the presence of women. Hardly scrolls, a few fragments, the end more papyri. The earliest pieces of the Gospels, said the man who had introduced them, quite the most important text you'll find in the last fifty years. The woman attempted some kind of conversation. Isn't the point that if the fragments do come from a gospel, it would push the earliest date to before the Jewish war in A.D. 68? That's what the article said, Newman agreed. Politically, it's a wonderful idea. Politically? He glanced away over her shoulder, as though looking for something. Escape, perhaps. Religious politics. Mud in the eye for the scholars who claim that the Gospels are late inventions put together by the early church. But that's not the point, is it? The point is the pieces themselves, the texts, the witness. She contemplated the idea, her head tilted to one side, a faint smile on her lips. It excites you, doesn't it? The word excite seemed threatening. He felt a shifting embarrassment. What do you mean, excite? The texts. They excite you. There was to her smile a kind of slant that he couldn't read. Eyes can be dead things, charged with expression only by the refraction of incident light. But mouths have their own life, and hers had some quality of irony that he couldn't read. Yes, I suppose they do. What else did he see? What does a celibate see in a chance encounter with a woman? He saw a face of modest proportions, large eyes of indeterminate color somewhere between green.